Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Endeavor Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Jason Breitkopf. And today we're going to be discussing the concept of college visits uh, for high school students. With me today is Allison Burr. Uh, Before I launch into the topic, Allison, how are you doing? Fine, I'm doing very well. And could you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your experience with the in college counseling, et cetera, and the concept of college visits? Sure. Um, I sort of went to college and never left. I uh, began doing college admissions, being an admissions counselor uh, at three different colleges, um, Vassar, Bard, and Brandeis. And um, so I've been on that side of the desk where I read applications and made decisions. And then I spent the majority, I have spent the majority of my career as a college guidance counselor working with students throughout the whole college process um, from figuring out what they're interested in to helping them with the applications all the way through to helping them make decisions about where they're going to go. So basically you've been on both sides of the equation with students as the admissions officer at a couple different institutions and as a guidance counselor. Uh, So one of the things that I wanted to talk about, which is why I asked you to be on the pod today, is the concept of the college visit. Um, You know, over the years from parents, from college counselors, from folks at colleges and universities, I've heard uh, differing uh, opinions on the value of visiting college. I've always been a strong advocate of it, and uh, but I wanted to really talk to an expert today. Uh, why do you think it's so important for a student to visit a college that interests that student? Well, I would say uh, if they already believe that they're interested in it, it's going to confirm that. Um, but a lot of times, especially early in the process, it's just going to campuses of any sort just to get a feel of what different college campuses are like. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a big uh, urban campus like? What's it like to be on a more traditional campus, a small liberal arts college? And even if the student um, begins this, maybe even sophomore or the early part of junior year, uh, when they may not really have their intentions focused, this can help them get a general gut reaction to certain types of environments. So even if you're not sure what you want, it can help you become sure of what you want. Um, And so I think probably the primary point of the visit is to determine if you would fit in there. And there are many ways to go about that, which we'll talk about, but um, when you're on the visit and how to have a good visit, the other thing I would say is There are colleges that keep track of how involved a student is in the process. Um, Have they never been to the campus? Have they never uh, spoken to an admissions representative who's come to their high school? Have they never attended a college evening Um, and they just submitted an application and that's it? Or have they done all those former things where they've gotten a much better sense of that school and when they apply, they're applying with knowledge. If you think about it, if an admissions officer is reading two applications and one of them is from a student who has had numerous contacts with the school um, and another one where all they've ever gotten is the application and they're both equally admittable, um, which are they like, who are they likely to admit? They're likely to admit the person who has done all that activity. So they keep track of when you visit, uh, what sort of contacts you've had in terms of if you call and ask a question. Uh, they do they, they check to see if you followed on Twitter, Facebook, etc. 
I would say, don't get paranoid about it, but yes, yeah, some schools do. Not all, some schools do, and you can even ask them, do you, do you um, track interest? And some will be very straightforward about that. Um, the other thing is that you don't want to overdo it. If you know who your admissions counselor is, they may have given you their card, you have their email. It is perfectly appropriate to contact them with questions. That said, you don't want to keep emailing them every week and you know ask them how their weekend was. Um, you you know you really want to have sincere questions, but it's okay to say. You know, I enjoyed meeting you when you came to my high school. I just wanted you to know I've decided to apply and I just submitted my application. I've got my fingers crossed. That's mm -hmm. perfectly appropriate to do and that will go in the file and when the admission counselor reads your application, they're going to, you know, remember that or certainly have that information flagged in their application. So a specific question, yep. if you have, right. uh, that's a good reason to contact an admissions officer directly. Uh, a thank you email, mm -hmm. you know, thanks for seeing me mm -hmm. when I came yes. to visit. But constant you know, constant contact. Right. How was your weekend? Right. Yeah, I can see why that would be a little much yeah. for the uh, admissions officer. Sure. Um, so, one of the things that, that you mentioned uh, when we spoke before the pod was visiting the campus uh, is a great way to, to build up um, uh, information and build up the, the, the toolbox for answering some supplemental essay questions like, uh, why do you want to attend our school? Uh, I've talked about that supplemental essays with uh, Ariella, one of our uh, college counselors, in, in the past on a previous episode. Please check that out, by the way, if you're uh, hearing us for the first time. Uh, how does visiting the campus help with that essay? Oh, well, um, if you have done reading online things, there are certain inf bits of information that you can gather. Um, but they're going to, if you just use those, you and many other applicants will use just those same facts. So it will sound very similar, even if it's true. I like an urban environment. Okay, that's good and true. But you will not be the only one saying that. It doesn't mean you shouldn't say that. You just want to c carry it forward and see and try to express why the school why you resonate with the school, or the school resonates with you. What were some things that made you go, oh, that's cool, you know, oh, I could do that there, I could study with this professor or in this program, or, boy, I really want to keep doing sports at a, not a varsity level, but there's a really cool, um, there are a lot of teams for students who just want to keep doing it for fun. Um, oh, I sing in an a cappella group in high school and I want to keep doing that in college. They have a couple of different groups. So there could be some things that are very, there probably will be, if it's a school you like, some things that are very specific to you and you want to reach out and talk about those. It could be academic, it could be uh, extracurricular. So it's about taking the answer to that question from the general that, and, that anyone can glean from a website or a brochure and taking it to the specific. Correct. That, that sounds like a good reason. So before, um, I just want to jump back for a sec. You mentioned that a student should think about visiting college campuses as early as sophomore year, perhaps. Uh, when is the, the optimal time for college visits, in your opinion? Well, ideally, you would like, you want to go to the school when it's in session. 
so you can see it live with students. You might even stop a student in the student center and ask them questions if you're feeling brave. And I promise you, they are very unlikely to bite off your head. They're more than likely to be happy to answer questions having gone through that themselves um, not that long ago. So, uh, but and you can if you're interested in a particular area. Uh, you want to speak to a science professor or you want to um, talk to a coach or see the art studio, you, you can talk to people there, not only to see the facilities, but actually speak to people. So that's ideal. Um, the most convenient time for most people is between the junior and senior year. That summer, you mean. Exactly. So it's likely that some of your visits are going to happen when the school is out of session. That does not mean that the admissions office isn't expecting you. They are. They know that's a very busy time. They'll have um, all of their parts up and ready to go. Um, but there is some, you want to check the schedule of colleges. A lot of colleges will start in August and high schools don't start till, many high schools don't start till September. So there is some time at the end of the summer and that is the most busy time for admissions offices um, and uh, where where you can see the campus. You're still on vacation, but the campus is up and running. One thing I've noticed, though, is that even over the summer, like let's say mid-July through mid-August, when the regular uh, autumn or fall semester is not in in session, a lot of schools have summer sessions where they'll have uh, other programs on campus. So uh, going over the summer, at least in my experience, is not necessarily going when the campus is a ghost town, while it's even though it's not a normal uh, student population. Right. That's definitely true. Some places are pretty quiet, but others do have summer sessions, in which case you are seeing real students. The, the difficulty with, with um, the campus using, uh, renting out a space for other programs is that those aren't really the students that you're seeing. But you're absolutely right, and so I wouldn't uh, uh, steer away from summer if that's the time that you could go. And I just wanted to mention sophomores. I think it's perfectly fine if a student does not step onto a campus until their junior year. Um, I think if you're good to do it sophomore year, if the student is eager, great. If it's the parents who are sort of um, urging that, I would say, sure, if you're going on another trip and there's a college nearby or if you want to see a campus that's near you, go ahead. There's no pressure at that point to make any decisions. It's really just, and you do have still quite a bit of high school to go through, um, but just go and open your mind and see it. Um, if you really, if, if, a, if the parents feel the student is just digging their heels in there, not ready, it's okay not to do it then. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, is there such a thing as too early to go for a college um, visit? Huh. Uh, I, 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 I would say generally I wouldn't go before the sophomore year. Mm -hmm. um, and as I said, perfectly fine to begin in the junior year. If, however, the reason to do it any earlier would be if you're in a location that you're not normally, you don't normally go to. If you're on the other side of the country and you're at a near a school and you want to take a look at it, and that's the only time that's going to happen, do it then. Do like it. Like for example, grade. we're currently in Massachusetts for the right. listeners at home, and if the family's on vacation to Anaheim for Disneyland, and Correct. they just happen to be an hour away from USC, and that's, Correct. you know, yep. go ahead. Yep. 
One other thing that I might want to mention, just from my personal experience, I may, I've mentioned this on the pod before, but I attended Brandeis University, and it's actually only about 40 minutes from where I live now, and the school has plenty of events on campus. Uh, they have an arts festival in April every year. There's alumni events in June every year, and we've gone down to the campus and brought our kids, my wife and I, and they've seen the campus. They know what it is. They've been there three or four times. They're little. But it's not like we're going there for them to have a college visit. Right. No, we just want right. them to be comfortable. There's a couple of colleges in the town where I live. We've been to Halloween events on campus that are geared towards little kids in the community. So there's a lot of places, colleges, universities, that might have events that are geared towards young kids for the community. And if you live right. close by, it might get students familiar or comfortable with visiting a college campus so it's not this big scary thing. Absolutely. I would also, absolutely, uh, that's very, very true. I um, lived in the Hartford area and would go down to, they had Carillon uh, concerts on their green in the summer when there would be families out there picnicking in the green. Same thing, it's, it's a great idea. The other thing I would say is I often have students um, who have had an older sibling go to a school mm -hmm. and they have visited them so they're very familiar with that school and they've done it in a non-threatening way um, and if anything I've had to tell them to recognize that they know that school so much better than the others and right. give the others a fair shake but it's a great, right. great way to get to know schools. That's actually an interesting point you made because uh, I grew up in New Jersey again as I've mentioned on the pod before and uh, I grew up in northern New Jersey uh, a train ride away from New York City and so in high school uh, I had already visited the NYU New York University campus such as it is uh, well before I was starting to search for do my own college search and um, visiting that campus was a power had a powerful impact on me I already knew when I started my college search as a junior that I didn't want to go to that type of school when I say that type of school that's nothing against NYU it's an amazing school and if you end up going there I'm sure you'll get an amazing education but it was that urban environment that kind of no campus campus that you know streets of New York sort of experience was just too overwhelming for me. I mean, I came from a, a large city in New Jersey. I didn't come from a tiny village. You know, my high school had 5,000 students. It was an enormous public, urban public high school. But NYU was just too much for me. And so I ended up looking at more suburban campuses, campuses that more had that traditional ivy covered brick wall sort campus of field, campus feel. With, with quads and. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and Brandeis ended up having that for me. Uh, but so did a lot of the other schools to which I applied that I didn't end up attending. Great. I, uh, one more thing I want to say about um, visiting, a very good time to visit for juniors is during their spring break, whether they have February and April breaks or whether they have a larger break in March. Um, often they can, well that's a great time because they're really in the throes of the process at that point. And, um, then they can follow up in the summer after that first round when they've uh, focused in a bit and um, they may be lucky enough to have the schools up and running when they're there. That sounds uh, really good. There's one, uh, again, we're in Massachusetts, and Massachusetts, like several states, has breaks in February and April, and a lot of colleges have their breaks in March. So if your high school's spring break matches up with the spring break of the college you want to attend, you might miss out on that experience, unfortunately. Speaking of the visit, um, you just 
you just get up and go, right? You don't have any preparations at all. Oh no 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 no! no, 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 no. <laughs> I just I just lobbed you that one. <laughs> um, there are definite reasons to do research. Uh, first of all, um, there we'll get into the details of what you should do when you're there, but they do have tours and they'll often have information sessions. Some of these... So those are in the admissions office at the schools? That's the admissions office. And they, um, and it can even be that you'll have an interview, which we'll go into a little more, a bit, um, but uh, some of these are require scheduling and they have limits. So it's better to, to, as soon as you know what your trip is going to be like, um, you should get a hold of those schools and sign up. Um, and that way you can plan, okay, I'm, I've got two schools that are quite close to each other. I think I can fit two of them in in the day. I need to find out what time the tours and information sessions are for this one and that one and make sure I have enough time. So there is planning involved. And so it, 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 you, you can even start by looking at a map and seeing what's going on and where the schools are and how you're going to stretch that out. Right. And then call the schools and make sure you can participate in the different activities. Um, and then I would say the next step is to do some research about the school. Yes, you're going to learn a lot while you're there. A lot of facts. Tour guides who are adept at walking backwards and spewing much information and answering questions. Um, so you will get that, but it's hard to write and walk at the same time. Yeah. So um, also, if you have specific interests, or you may want to research those so you can ask questions, or even ask if you can meet with somebody. So when you call the admissions office, you may want to find out whether you can meet with a professor from the biology department. Um, and they sometimes can, sometimes can't arrange that, but it's certainly worth asking if you know you want to do that. One thing about that uh, that I have a question about is um, can you sit in on a class when you're there? Again, in most cases, yes. Um, and you want to find out about that. You want to see if you can figure out, if you can identify a specific class, maybe that you're interested in, rather than just sitting in in a class in general. Um, but yes, again, another reason to do some research um, to see if the class is available when you're there. But you don't want to just start randomly walking through one of the classroom buildings and popping into Absolutely classes. Absolutely not. So one of the things that happened in my experience was I was a student at Brandeis and we had a, a prospective student come and visit the uh, a class I was taking and uh, he started asking questions or answering questions or interrupting the professor to, to, to ask a question and in this particular instance uh, the professor swatted this young fella down pretty quickly and wow. basically said you're not a student yet you, these are the students, they get to ask questions, it's their time, just sit and observe. And it was a pretty humbling experience for that student, that young uh, high school student. And this was a little while ago though. So uh, what should um, students expect on their visit to campus? Okay, um, most colleges will offer tours, uh, scheduled times, they try to keep them not too, too, too big. Sometimes they are large. Um, if you go on a tour and it's large, uh, do what I do, which is keep scurrying up to the front of the group so you can hear the tour guide and ask your questions and hear what other people's questions are. You know, that's a great way to develop your own list of questions is to hear what other people ask. And you may think, oh, I'd never even thought that was important, but that's a great question. So, um, so there's, uh, so tours, 
um, one get on one scheduled, and then they will either proceed, either an information will, session will proceed that or follow it. And they usually coordinate them so that you don't have to wait a long time in between. Um, and that is led by a member of the admissions staff who will um, fill in some of the spaces from what the tour guide uh, didn't cover, mostly more admissions information, what goes on in the application process, uh, and answer questions of the students and their parents. Um, both, of, both of those are, are good to do for the reasons I stated earlier. One, you're going to learn a lot. Two, you're going to be on the record as having attended both of those. So in addition to the official uh, tour and, and info session and other official activities like meeting a, a professor, an interview, visiting a class, uh, would you, in your opinion, would you say uh, kind of wandering around campus on your own after the official stuff, how valuable is that? I think it's very valuable. Um, one thing uh, that happens on tours is that they will often show you a dorm room and, and if they do, they often have a, a room that they set aside for that purpose so it's set up. It's very clean because it's not actually lived in by the student, but it gives you an idea of the size, uh, the space, you know, um, how much closet space, what's, what's it like, uh, how many people are you sharing with, etc. Sometimes they'll just grab a student and say, can you look in your room? Uh, other times they won't show us, you anything in the dorm because they want to protect the student's privacy. Um, in that case, uh, if you haven't seen a dorm room and you want to, you can wander around into, uh, wander around, talk into a dorm, uh, if you can get in, or outside the dorm and say, hi, I'm a prospective student and I was hoping to get a chance to see a dorm room. Any chance we could see yours? And more often than not, people say, yeah, sure, come on in. Um, then you can see what the social area space is like. Uh, again, what the dorms are like. Something that you can do throughout your visiting is take a look at what's on the walls. Take a look at what's on the bulletin boards because that gives you a great sense of the types of things that students are involved in. Um, is this a school where many of the events seem to be about um, the athletics, big games people go to, and mm. which is which is if you're interested in that, that's great. You know, there's a lot of school spirit. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's a school where there's a lot of political activity, and so. Um, uh, they, you see that there are speakers coming or that there are discussion groups and that might interest you. Could be, uh, they have lots of environmental groups. Again, uh, acapella groups, as I said before. So you get a sense of what's going on in the school and does it look like a place that you would enjoy right. going to. And, and um, So that's true wherever you are. And if you will likely go through the student center when you're on the tour, but that's a place that you can walk around as well and talk to people, um, get a bite to eat, see what they offer in terms of food, and right. um, uh, see again, see what's going on in that center. One thing that I think is a big factor uh, for a lot of students when they get to college, a big element of surprise, mm -hmm. is how large most college campuses are. Mm -hmm. uh, I know from a lot of the students with whom I've worked over the years that a lot of students across the country go to high schools that are one building. Mm. Whether it's a small high school to even a large high school, right. uh, you know, in my uh, job, I visited high schools throughout the area uh, in eastern uh, Massachusetts, uh, outside of Boston, and whether the school has 300, 400 students or 3,000 students, it's often one single building, right. multiple right. floors, 
but a single right. building. Most college campuses are dozens of buildings right. uh, with green spaces in between them, uh, a roadway, parking lots, dorm rooms. Uh, even the smallest college can be enormous compared to a single high school. True. Which you have to get, you, know, you have to realize that that's, uh, you can decide whether you like that environment again or not because even uh, uh, some urban campuses, there's a lot going on in a single building and you may just like that environment, but it is quite different. The other thing I would say, if it turns out that you're visiting schools or, or think you are interested in schools in a very different geographic area, for example, again, we're in Massachusetts, um, if you are thinking, I've seen enough of the East Coast, I want to go to California. Mm -hmm. So think, see what happens when you arrange the trip and get to the airport and get on the plane. You're talking about the hassle of uh, like traveling across Absolutely. country. Absolutely, and see what that's like. And yeah. I've had people come back from trips and say, that was really great and lovely and I'm wonderful and I'm very excited. And others come back and say, mm, I had no idea what how far away I am from all my contacts, my family, my mm -hmm. friends. Yeah. Wow, I didn't take that into account. So that's something to consider how far away from right. you want to be when you're Right, and we, we've had another episode on, on finding the best fit college, and yep. we're going to talk again about this, I, I think, multiple times, because the college search process is, is too big for one podcast episode, right. so we'll probably come back to that uh, again. One last thing I wanted to talk about before we uh, ended our conversation today, what happens if you can't do college visits or visit a particular school in which you're interested for whatever reason. It's too far away. Right. It's too much money to visit. Right. Uh, you know, you, you're, you're you come from a socioeconomic background where you don't have the free funds to to, sure. to travel. Uh, what do you do if you can't visit? Well, everybody should be researching on the internet, reading guidebooks, whatever written resources are there. But you want to go beyond that what I call factual information to try to get a sense of the campus itself without being there. Um, talking to an admissions counselor, anytime you can have contact with a person, so an admissions counselor, you could talk to people from your high school who have recently gone off to these schools and find out what their experience is. You can go to the website of the college and check out their Facebook account and their Twitter account, see what the, what's going on on the campus. There are some guidebooks that give inform that um, rather than, I call them opinion books, rather than facts where they're just tiny, tiny print and lots of data, which is valuable, they will uh, have the staff of the, the people who are writing the book go to the colleges, talk to people, and then summarize it. Um, and one of the books that I find quite good is Fisk's Guide to Colleges. Mm -hmm. um, I think they do a very good job. Um, and they're even-handed about, about their reporting. Uh, so that's helpful. Um, Again, reach out wherever you can to any any opportunity, whether maybe it's your best friend's parents who went there. Mm -hmm. um, anybody to talk to to get a sense of what their experience was, and and, and have a list of questions. Describe what was the atmosphere like. What did you get involved in? Mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah. So that's what I would. So say. there's other some things that I want to jump in and talk yep. about that I've. Uh, experienced or uh, worked with students who've experienced them. Um, you just talked about friends and family who are alumni of the school. Uh, many colleges and universities, if you can't get to campus for an official interview, they'll hold alumni interviews. 
they'll find an alumnus who or alumna who's in your region of the country and set up a, an alum interview. Uh, another thing that, because uh, we, we're near Boston, so every year there's a huge convention in Boston where dozens if not hundreds of colleges come and set up booths and um, I've talked about this with, with in other episodes as well and you can go and meet people from uh, the college fairs uh, and that episode will be coming up soon. Um, you can meet representatives from the school at college fairs in a big city like Boston or Los Angeles or New York. Um, that's another way to do it. And if you do, if you do that, I know I'm um, keep repeating this, but if you talk to somebody at one of those fairs, and um, they may ask you to fill out a card, uh, do it because it will. They'll take that back, and that will go into your file, and they will know that you made contact that you took the time to go over to that person's table and to chat with them and they may even scribble notes on that card when they take it back so that they know that they want to pass on your information to a particular person. Um, I would also say that, that sometimes colleges will either alone or in groups, usually geographic groups, but sometimes more based on the type of school, will get together. Often they'll have them in, um, in hotels in one of their but of conference areas, they will have um, a college presentation, yeah. uh, and an admissions counselor from each school will be there, and they will describe their. The, it's it's the same sort of presentation they do at the college. It's just that they do it locally, so mm -hmm. if you can get to the school, it's a great way to make that contact and learn more about the school. And one last thing to wrap up on this is the is what we talked about at the beginning of the episode, which is uh, following. Uh, the colleges that you're interested in uh, visiting, if you, even if you don't get the chance to visit, on things like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. And uh, you know, Allison was joking about you know they, they know who you are, but if you look at your own Twitter account, you can see who you're following and who's following you. So it's not weird; it's just normal. You know, they they know who's following them. I'll know if you're following them. Uh, Snapchat, if you're if you're even younger than me. Um, I don't know how to do Snapchat. That's the one thing I, I can't figure out. And, and they'll see that you're interested that way. And they may even post some interesting stuff on their feeds. Absolutely. So, well, I think this has been incredibly important information for our listeners at home. Allison, thank you so much. Oh, you're most welcome. So this is Jason Breitkopf. I'm uh, here with Allison Burr, a college counselor and former college admissions officer to discuss college visits. And I want to say thank you for listening. Uh, please remember to subscribe in iTunes, Anchor, or, or any other service where you found us. Uh, you can leave us a comment uh, in iTunes. Uh, you can like us or, or favorite us. And you can always uh, now uh, respond, to our, respond to us and ask questions on our Twitter feed, which is at EndeavorPod. And uh, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, let's keep learning.